Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. How are you today? Wait one second. I'm halfway through this bag of uh, Oreos here. One second. One more. Oh, I love you. You you do you take them apart before you eat them, or do you eat the whole, whole Oreo? You have to twist them apart and then stick the two together. But what I find these days is the Oreos that I get here in the UK, they don't come apart very well. They break. So yeah, I just no, buy the double true. stuffed Oreos, and that's even easier. That's true. But I, I, I you know, I try to tell myself to stop at two, and I, I, I'm, I, I end up at five, six. I. Well, I, occasionally I, I finish a bag. I got to confess, I, for a Zen guy, sometimes I go to excess, you know. Ah, yes, you binge on things, don't you? That's our theme today. And I hope people binge on this podcast. You know, you can listen to all of them in one sitting. That's just, a good How many idea. hours would that be? How many episodes we I, got? I don't know. We're, we're, we've got more than 40 episodes, so that's at least about 20 hours. Yeah, if they cut out sleep, they can listen to them all in like a, <laughs> a marathon of uh, Zen of everything. Or they could play them while they're sleeping and have the knowledge distill into their brains through sort of osmosis. Yes, yes. Uh, subliminal learning. Yes. Okay. Nightmares about Jundo and Kirk. <laughs> so, yes, binging is one of those things that it just doesn't seem very zen. How can you be sitting there binging on Oreos? You're supposed to have control of your desires. Well, monks binge all the time. They binge on Zazen. Sometimes these guys will start sitting and sitting and sitting more and sitting more. Or they'll do these ceremonies that go on for days. There's a lot of binging in, uh, in Buddhism. It's, I guess, Buddhist binging. But I guess uh, it's what you're binging on and whether it's healthful or not. Well, but you raise a good point because for certain things we'll binge and we'll think it's good and for others we'll binge and we'll think it's bad so if you're binging on zazen and you're sitting all day long what do you do a half an hour then a little bit of break and a half an hour etc you consider that good even though in a way it's still binging isn't it there's a good rule of thumb we say everything in moderation but that's not going to be the same for all things what is moderate for one might not be moderate for another it's a question is it health Healthful, H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L. Healthful. If it is healthful, then it's fine. And if it is having a detrimental effect, then it's to excess. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you for this. Well, I guess that's a very short episode this week, isn't it? Okay. It was good <laughs> talking to you, Kirk. And see you uh, next time here on Zen of Everything. <laughs> no, I think binging is interesting because binging is all about desire, isn't it? We... Just to take Oreos as an example, we have this desire for an Oreo, and we go to the cabinet, and we find the, the little bag of Oreos, and we eat one, and it sets off these chemical reactions in our brain that say, you know what? It, you remember those cartoons where you get the, the character with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other? Well, there's the yes. Oreo devil telling you, you could have another one. It's really good. You're enjoying it. 
And at a certain point, we might get to a stage where the angel goes away and we lose control and we just eat the whole bag. Well, our bodies are built to be hunter-gatherers, not to be living in urban settings with supermarkets. And with Oreos. So in the old days, we would, we would hunt because tomorrow we not, might not have anything, and we would store fat, right? And if we had a certain amount of calories, get it now because you might not get it tomorrow. But the trouble is now we get it and we get it and we get it, and our bodies still don't know when to stop. And I, anyone who sees a picture of me knows that I'm a little rotund around the middle, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm prepared. I could survive a few weeks, I think, uh, like a camel, uh, if, uh, if need be. But uh, these days, we're, we're just not built for this life of plenty. But binging isn't just food. Binging is all sorts of things. Um, I, I was yes. talking to someone a, a couple of weeks ago who was saying he cannot watch a Netflix series if it's one episode a week. He will only watch them if he can binge them. And that, to me, raises a whole lot of questions about the desire to watch something and how we're manipulated to watch something. Because if you look at um, most TV series, if you look at most mystery novels, they're all designed so at the end of the chapter, something happens that you want to find out about that pushes you to read more, to watch more. But, you know, it depends. It depends what it is. Because of modern technology, we can watch shows back to back. And in the old days, when we were growing up, you would have a show come on and then it wouldn't come on for another week. And if you missed it, you had to wait six months for the rerun. Remember that? Yeah. You couldn't record yeah. anything. And now you can watch a whole season in a few hours. And you know, some shows, this, this has become suddenly a TV criticism show, but some <laughs> shows are, are actually better back to back. Now I, these last uh, few weeks, on the exercise bike, to be helpful, have watched every Star Wars movie back to back. And I'm about to do The Mandalorian starting next week. And I even watched some of the anime, but I wasn't too crazy about those. But mm -hmm. I watched every movie back to back. Now, it had its high points and it had its low points. But can I tell you something? Watching the whole saga all at once was amazing. I mean, we had to wait for years between those films. But sure. together, it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Well, but you didn't kind of binge them in the same way. Were you riding the exercise bicycle for 17 hours to watch the nine movies? No, I, I, I'm not that, uh, that good. About an hour, an hour and a time I was watching. Right. So that's not really binging. Um, uh, there have been times that I have binged TV series watching three or four hours at a shot. Just this past few days, I rewatched a series, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. It's on Netflix. It's called Giri Haji. It's a series that's about Japanese Yakuza. Half of it's set in Japan and half in London. And I watched it about a year ago, and I rewatched it, but over four evenings. So it's about two hours each time. I don't consider that to be binging. Binging for me is when you get to three or four hours at a time, and you're trying to get through a series, you know, just in a few days. Well, when you're stuck in the couch with, you know, potato chips all over you, you've been there for hours, it's four o'clock in the morning, the ashtray is full, and your eyes, you know, are glued to the TV and your head is pounding, that's probably too much. That's probably too much. So again, even with entertainment, everything in moderation. So it's all about desire, though. Once the end of an episode or the end of a chapter or the end of a bag of Oreos comes, 
whether we continue or not is how well we control our desire. Exactly. It's the difference between moderate desire and greed or excess and addiction. You know, if you're having, uh, for example, a little bit of chocolate, fine. If you're eating a whole bag of M&Ms, probably not good. If you are having a little sip of wine and you're not alcoholic, fine. But if you're finishing up a whole bottle of scotch every night, not good. It's the same with, with the media and entertainment. Now, the Buddha was very conservative on that. Well, he didn't have Netflix. Well, that was right. It was a rule in the old uh, rules for monks, no Netflix. <laughs> it, said, it said, no sex, no Netflix. It was in there. Uh, or, uh, what is it? No Netflix on chill, which I learned recently means sex. So there you go. You only recently learned that. Wow. Okay. I'm a little behind the time. So the Buddha, uh, for whatever they had back uh, then also said everything in moderation, but his standard of what was moderate was pretty simple. You know, have a, uh, three sets of clothing, uh, have a bowl, uh, don't sleep on a bed, a soft bed, uh, don't sit in certain kinds of chairs. So the, the original Buddhist rules for a monk were pretty conservative. Of course, then he had lay people. And many of his followers were lay people, and a lot of them were very wealthy, and they had entertainment. So I guess they, they didn't have Netflix, but they had, I don't know, jesters and, and courtly dancers. And, and storytellers, probably. Storytellers, yes. So he would say, uh, when the bard comes to recite uh, the, the play, everything in moderation. It's interesting how we call something binging when we have a certain view of it. You wouldn't say someone's binging if they spend three or four hours reading a book, right? Yet, if it's TV right. or Oreos, then you do call it binging. So we're judging different things. I personally often spend three or four hours reading a book. My partner and I don't watch much TV. Um, we're, we're both avid readers. And I can spend the whole evening reading a book, and that doesn't feel like binging in the same way. It doesn't feel like I've gotten to a point where I can't control myself and not stop. If the book leaves you better, then it's not a bad thing. If the book, on the other hand, takes you away from relationships and friendships and the rest of your life, then it's a bad thing. It's the same thing. I binge every day on uh, oxygen. I can't get enough of it. Breath after breath, I'm breathing, you know, but it's a good thing. It's yeah, a good thing. I'm not thing. sure I'd call that binging, but yeah. Well, why? I, I, can't, I can't get my fill. Yeah, but it's not, it's not that you could actually stop. I mean, you might want to stop, but then you wouldn't be able to start again. Well, when I quit uh, cigarettes, that was a kind of uh, binging. That was about 30 years ago. And uh, it was very, very difficult. But uh, at a certain point, I realized it was not a good thing. So there, I again, I don't think it's binging itself is the problem. It's only when it causes your life to be. Here's another Buddhist word: out of balance. Balance is very important. Moderation and balance, a time and a place for everything. For example, sex, I think is good, but to be engaged in sex uh, more than you know, uh, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Well, actually, even that once in a while. <laughs> Okay, once in a while. At your age, Jundo? I don't want to brag. But you, you've got more energy than I would expect. No, but in all seriousness, if you're addicted to sex, and I know such people, and they cannot 
get enough of that. It's the same as booze. It's the same as anything. You can binge on uh, good things. I believe that if you were into gardening, which seems like a beautiful, healthy pursuit, but you could not get yourself out of the garden, uh, that would be a problem. You would be addicted to gardening. So our practice is one of balance and moderation. Besides books, what have you binged on? Well, I binge on TV series every now and then. Um, I used to be a cigarette smoker like you uh, when I worked in a suit and tie job back in the mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I'll listen to, you know, a couple of Grateful Dead concerts in a day. But that's more that I'm mm -hmm. working and I want mm -hmm. some music to accompany me. I'm not really a binger, actually. Mm -hmm. It's it's not my style. I've never been. I guess I just don't let things control me to that point. Except when I smoked cigarettes, it was very difficult to stop smoking. Actually, you've been a pusher. You got me hooked on a couple of things. I gotta say, uh, the amazing Mrs. Maisel. Yep, that was a very, very good, good series on Amazon Prime. I went through. I went through. Yeah, I went through three seasons of that in about uh, two weeks. That was really good. And uh, I went through all of Game and Thrones. Uh, back to back. That took me a couple of months. Yeah, I don't like that. You didn't like that? Yeah, that's too violent for me. No, it's too violent. Yes. I watched the first couple seasons, but you see, it's just too brutal. You see, as a Buddhist, how do I watch brutal TV? This is the question. You have a show. This this is the opposite of Buddhism. You have you have killing, violence, greed. Uh, you have uh, sex, misuse of people. How do I watch it? I watch it as a lesson in samsara. Not to say I didn't enjoy the show. Okay, I'm going to confess. I just enjoy the show. I like dragons and, and, and knights and things like that. But I also watched it a little bit with a Buddhist eye to say, aha, this is the opposite of Buddhism. The people who are so hungry for power that they want to capture a kingdom and have a war. It is a lesson in Buddhism. Anything, anything, even a bag of Oreos if you look at it correctly, it can be a lesson in Buddhism. As I'm eating my fifth Oreo, I realize in my heart, <laughs> this is not right. So it's a lesson in Buddhism. Listeners don't know that I've been editing out the bits where Jundo stops to munch on his Oreos. But that's because you haven't had dinner. Uh, no, I had dinner. I, this is a... <laughs> but dinner... Dinner... dinner. My wife uh, is, very, is very good. She keeps the portion small. Okay, uh, but I, I I do have a little chocolate stash around the house. I'm confessing. Well, I was going to say if the portions are small and you're carrying some extra weight, then you're cheating somehow. Especially with those hours on a bike. Imagine what I, I would be if I wasn't watching those hours of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's interesting because when you're exercising, you get these chemicals flooding your brain that make you feel good, and it's very easy to keep binging on exercise, isn't it? Yes, well, people ask, is, is that the same as Zazen? Because you get the high, the runner's high, when the end, endorphins... Yeah, is it? you get the endorphins. Endorphins, yes. Yeah. The endorphins, weren't they on a planet in Star Wars? Or that was... No, that, that, those are the little bear people. The planet, oh, that was Endor. Yeah, Endor, those... that planet Endor. Sorry, I got it all confused. Endor. Yeah. yeah. No, the endorphins are, are wonderful, and and... Some people say, is it similar to Zazen meditation? Uh, my teacher, Nishijima, was a runner, and he felt that sometimes when he was running, he'd get in the zone and he'd get that kind of high. And is that it? And I'm going to say that really it's not. Because we're not running, we're not sitting for a high. Sometimes we sit and we do get high. But if you're addicted to, you can get addicted, addicted to bliss. 
in meditation, which can be a drug. So people can get stuck on meditating. And I have known this. I know someone who had to meditate five or six hours a day. They were hooked because they needed a rush. And it was just the same, as far as I'm concerned, as crack cocaine. You can meditate too much. And not only you're you're going to get enlightened and a divorce at the same time. <laughs> well, there are some traditions that do focus on that bliss, don't they? What what are the different levels in Theravada, the jhanas, right? Aren't they about attaining different levels of bliss? Can you binge like all the levels of jhana in like one day? Like I'm going to go through them all like back to back. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I, I thought it was like you have to like do a year and then pass a test to get onto the next genre. Well, our shikantaza is the opposite. Our shikantaza is resting as things are, which is a little bit like it's as opposed to net surfing Netflix, in which you try to find the ideal show. You just do what is it, random search, and whatever comes on, you're satisfied with it, even if it's like something you would never watch. Okay, whatever it comes on the Netflix of Zazen, you're satisfied with it and you watch it. So it's the opposite of channel surfing for the high, the perfect show. Uh, am I running too far with this? I think it's an interesting metaphor, but I don't like The Office. So if it ever came up, I would have to go on to something else. No, the Office is and great. I don't want The Office coming up in my Zazen either. The British one and the American You didn't like either? I just don't like that kind of comedy. I don't like Star Wars movies either. So I wouldn't be able to do that. And maybe that's why Zazen is so difficult, because I keep getting reruns of like I Love Lucy when I sit Zazen. Oh, okay. I, I thought I knew you. Okay, well... So, yeah, yeah. And the one about the, the, the rich family that was living in the motel, you never saw that one? Well, I forget the, the name of that. That's really good, too. Shit's Creek. Shit, yeah. I, I watched 15 like minutes it? of it. I don't get that kind of comedy. Okay, well, you got to get into it a, a little bit uh, now. And uh, now. So, uh, is this episode going to turn into like TV recommendations? Or because... Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And now my wife and, and daughter got into this, uh, the Gilmore Girls, which I thought, oh, I don't want to watch the Gilmore Girls. It's like, you know, one of those shows. It's great. It's great. Well, how about we, you know, we've run out of things to talk about Zen. Let's change the podcast. From now on, we just do like media and uh, TV reviews. We could like agree to watch something on Netflix each week and then discuss it. The, the Zen, yes. The Zen of we Netflix. Could. <laughs> the Zen of the Queen's Gambit. You know, that's actually a good example because it is all about people doing something that they're obsessed about chess players. It's all about right. achieving equanimity, the lead character. In order to win, she has to battle her demons of having been addicted to drugs and alcohol. It's all about the slow passage of time. And and I, I don't play chess, but I've played Go for a very long time. And I know that a game is like a discussion between two people. It's a back and forth. And it's a very interesting way to look at the kind of balance you need to develop to play a game like that. Well, I think, uh, for example, Zen Master Dogen was obsessed. He was obsessed about his Buddhism. And it was his... It was his Jones. It was his Jones, yes. Now, why, why is that not bad? Because human beings, sometimes we need to obsess and go to excess in order to do the impossible, in order to do great things, in order to meet challenges. 
So, for example, if there's a doctor right now who's in a laboratory working on COVID-19 and he's working with four hours of sleep a night because he's obsessed and finding a cure, that's a good obsession. So there are sometimes that human beings, we need to run to excess. We need to run to binge. I'm going to tell you a story. The Korean monks do a session. You know, a session is a week of concentrated meditation. I was stunned by this. They do not sleep for an entire week. The point of the session is to stay up 24 hours a day through an entire, I believe, seven days. So after three days, they start hallucinating and they got to prop themselves up and they got a guy comes over and hits you because you're, you're falling over forward. And they, they literally prop their, their chin up on a pole and they keep their eyes open. And <laughs> it, I mean, they got to get through to the end. And at the end, the guy said, you know, I got to the end and I stood up and I fell right over and fell asleep and they let me sleep there on the floor <laughs> because I, I was exhausted. Now, to me, that is excess. But to them, this is what they're doing in their, their hard practice. It's not the kind of Zen I practice. They're, they're looking for the hard push for realization. Is it a bad thing? Well, I don't know. I asked a doctor, you know, wouldn't that kill you? He said, no, if they went about four more days, they'd die. But if you just go a yeah. week, you're probably okay. When you get to, I think, nine, ten days, you start to run into some trouble. But, uh, we, no, we need to sleep and everything in moderation. But sometimes... For some things, any challenge in life, what's wrong with the hard push? Nothing. Fair point. Uh, I, I know that in work sometimes, um, something has to be finished for a certain time, and I work more than usual. Um, I'm sure it's the same for you. you. You've got an important, a client needs something important, you've got a deadline, etc. But I don't consider that, see, that's, that's not binging, it's not moderation. When you're doing, for me, the whole binging thing is individual. It's not when you're doing something for someone else. Um, if you're doing something as an employee, as, uh, as someone providing a service, or as your example of a doctor um, studying COVID, that to me isn't binging. Binging, to me, binging is more of a personal thing. Well, if you're doing it uh, together as enablers, and you're just uh, hurting each other. It, again, it, it comes down to a simple rule of thumb. Are you coming out better for it, or are you coming out worse? That's all. But one of the problems is that people can't judge that. Ah. Because binging is like a sort of a circular thing where it's self-reinforcing. And how do you know when you've eaten too many Oreos? You look in the mirror, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that takes a while. You won't know that tonight. If you look in the mirror tonight, you won't see any changes. When you get that incredible sugar rush, and then after uh, a, a few days, uh, when the uh, you know, and you have other bad habits, and you realize you're missing work, or you're you're falling asleep in the middle of the day, or or uh, you know, friends uh, you haven't uh, seen friends uh, often enough, they, you got to use some common sense. I may have mentioned this previously on the podcast, but when I was about 12 years old, I got a job after school working in a Carvel ice cream store. You remember Carvel, right? Sure. I'm from New York. Carvel made this soft, yep, made this soft ice cream that comes out of a machine. And when I started working, the guy who owned the store said, you can eat all the ice cream you want. And 12-year-old me said, wow. Three days later, 12-year-old me said, you know what? I really don't want that ice cream anymore. No, I went for Baskin-Robbins. I never went back to Carvel after Baskin-Robbins. Uh, well, you get my point. Are they a sponsor? Are we, uh, 
We don't have sponsors. I don't even know if they're still around, either of them. Oh, they're here um, in Japan. But my whole point is that when you have the ability to do something as much as you want, in some cases, you'll automatically find that you've gone too far, like you with your Oreos. So, Jundo, where do we go from here? Well, I'm up to the next to last season of Homeland. It's ending this year. It ended last year. Say it again. No, they got one more year. No, no. It finished last year. It did? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jundo Cohen is the author of The Zen Master's Dance, a guide to understanding Dogen and who you are in the universe. And he is also the founder and leader of Treeleaf, an online Soto Zen Sangha. Go to treeleaf.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you get every new episode. Please give us a rating and tell your friends about the show. You can check out past episodes at zen-of-everything.com. And if you have any suggestions for topics for this podcast, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.